Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Las Vegas. This is the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Filled with wrestling news, entertainment, and lots of Sin City surprises from inside the squared circle. Now, let's bring on the tag team of Andrew Fishfane. Joe DeFalco and your host, Mark Hoke. All right, and we are back on the Mark Hoke Show on KDWN 101.5 FM, 7.20 AM, the talk of Las Vegas. Best in pro wrestling news and entertainment from around the planet. We have taken over. It's official. Arch Proudfish. Thrilled. There you go. Andrew Fish Fane there. Look at him. Mr. Excitement. That, that, thank you. Good Lord. And of course, Joe DeFalco from Future Stars Wrestling out there as well. Joining us, Joe, how is your Sunday going? Uh, it's going well. I'm getting ready for my big teaser day in the NFL, and I got to finish the incredible Teddy Hart story that uh, I'd love to touch on, knowing I have a pretty good relationship with Teddy Hart and I actually got a text from him the other day. So, Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah. I haven't got to see that yet. But we'll, we'll definitely have to take that, take a look at that. But I, I have a little surprise in store later on. Unfortunately, fish has to go, but you know, talking about the territory days, because of course that show on vice tales from the territories is out there too. And that's been pretty interesting. So all sorts of fun broadcasting items going on in the world of wrestling, but the, the big news coming out of AEW this week, oh my God, the six-man tag match between... Match, what, what was match, like 63 out of 80? That's it's, like that? it's best seven. Oh, good Lord. Best seven between the Elite and idea. Death Triangle. Easy, Fish. Easy. It's okay. I got, I got a question before you go on about that. Yeah. So it's the best of seven. Yeah. And Death Triangle is a champs, correct? That is correct. And even though it's two to nothing, if the Elite win match three, are they the champions? No. No, it's okay. a, it is a best of seven. Kind of like the Nikita Koloff, oh, Magnum TA okay. best of seven and, and, and the best part about it, it wasn't announced as a best of seven until after the first match had already taken place. Yes, which did not make sense. Grant you that, Fish. Grant you that. But the big news coming out of this match was, well, our friends, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, uh, were having a little fun at CM Punk's expense up. during the match. I don't, know, I don't know why you're bringing that up. Uh, Kenny Omega told everybody to drop it and let it go. He did. Let's, let's lead into this a little bit. First, during a broadcast the Punk was doing for a an MMA company, he mentioned how his fist hurt, right? Of course, referring to him punching someone during the melee that happened at All Out. Correct. Then Kenny Omega comes out and says, everybody let it go. It's done. Don't worry about it. Well, <laughs> in Chicago, the hometown of CM Punk, they didn't let it go. During the match... They mocked CM Punk and his coach, Ace Steel. Omega did a go-to-sleep pose before he had a GTS on pack. The Young Bucks then mocked 
punk for missing the and did a buck a botched buckshot lariat, which is what happened in the main event at Double or Nothing when Punk won the title. And uh, there was also a biting incident where Kenny Omega bit Pack on the forearm like Ace Steel did to him during the little brawl backstage brawl. There are a few reasons why this could have happened. One, they were playing to the crowd who was obviously very hot for CM Punk. It's in Chicago. B. Is it A? Is it one or B? You, you can't say one. And okay, then B. It's one, one or two. 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 Thank you. One A, two B. We'll just follow the outline. I don't care. It's Sunday morning. I don't follow the outline. I'm just making points, you jerk. Two. The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are a bunch of goofballs, immature and stupid, mocking CM Punk. They're just childish. I'm sticking with two. Three. CM Punk, and according to reports that AEW may not be buying him out after all, that they are setting up a long-term storyline for when CM Punk returns from his triceps injury. Gentlemen. One, two, or three, A, B, or C. Which way do we go? Two. Fish. Two. 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 Would you care to elaborate on your two-age? No. Two. They're just idiots. That's it? Completely pointless. There's no point the- in doing it. CM Punk is not coming back. They may not be buying him out, but he ain't coming back. Okay. That's an opinion. Joe, A, B, or C, which way do you go? Uh, I'm going to go two and three. I think they're a bunch of idiots, but I think it's like, are they doing that with, I can't believe they would be doing that if they're not going to bring them back at this point. It's like, I get it. They, I they, I think they're idiots and, you know, you see people talking about it, you know, it's, it's the wrestling business. People got into fights. They get into fights all the time. Who cares? It's like if you think you could do business and you think that you can turn it into what, you know, was the, you know, the rumor is MJF had heat with Tony Khan. He was unhappy, but they sat around and they figured out a way and it was pretty simple. They just gave MJF more money. So, hey, this is the business. CM Punk's getting money. There's going to be sympathizers for Punk. There's sympathizers for the elite. The best wrestling stories are based off truth, and you know they didn't they didn't fire Arn Anderson for you know or the, they brought Sid Vicious back after he stabbed Arn Anderson. So you know the precedent's there. Tony Khan likes to imitate WCW anyway. So at this point, I'm kind of intrigued. Yeah, I I think is, and I've said this before that the best thing that AEW could do is try and resolve the situation with Punk, and when he heals up, get him back in there, and you you turn him heel, and and of, of course, you know this will be interesting because there are there are a lot of people that don't necessarily like the Elite Boys either, but I I think that really they they might have gone over the top on this a little bit because it's still a long way out. Before Punk can come back, I mean, he tore his triceps, so he's going to be gone for probably about four or five more months, I would say. But 
you know, at the same time, uh, you know, this that that was over the top, and I and I think them, you know, mocking him over the buckshot lariat thing. I've watched Kenny Omega and the and the Young Bucks botch enough moves. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear that. That's come you on. You know, if it wasn't for the uh, blow up doll, Kenny Omega would have blown a few spots in that match. So you know, everybody blows spots. Yeah, they do, and and. Man, would that be great if CM Punk, when he comes back, wrestles a wrestles a blow up doll? Of course, if if you don't know that story, Kenny Omega actually did a match with a blow up doll. So, boy, that would be what something. a match it was. Yeah, that would you know, be. A lot of people say it was better than any Wardlow match that's gone on recently. Wow, a nice Wardlow. Unbelievable. Friend of the show. Wardlow. Yeah, yeah I, friend I of the show. I was pulling the name out. That's oh. you know just. Man, you couldn't have. There were many places you could have gone. You could have said a Colt Cabana. That was the first name. That first name that popped up. Uh, well, think of the second one next time, there, buddy. Holy wow, cow! Wardlow, yeah. friend of the show. Oh, by the way, if you want to go back and listen to the archives, we interviewed Wardlow before Double or Nothing a while ago. So you can go to markhokeshow.podbean.com or all your favorite podcast outlets and check that out. That, that would be a good idea, especially after this, because Wardlow's going to be mad at and us. And then now. try to figure out. Listen to the interview with B. Brian Blair and try to figure out why Lanny Poffo had two pairs of B trunks in his bag. Well, we're we're in we're talking to Mr. Blair, so just bear with me on that. We got some plans, but uh, but but this is I think this is a pretty interesting development. And I do, I I I am not saying that AEW is going to just let Punk out of his contract, but I don't think Punk is wrestling for them again. I think that. Tony Khan, if anything, just to be vindictive, will say, you know what? Screw it. Stay home. We'll pay you, and that's it. I See, I don't think so. I think what's best what's best for business is finding a way to get him back in the ring. And if you do it, you're going to – it's money. That is money. Don't, don't tell me that putting Kenny Omega and CM Punk in the ring after all this has happened is not going to sell out an arena and put some serious pay-per-view money – into the coffers of AEW. Don't tell me that it wouldn't. It wouldn't now, be. if I'm CM Punk, I just take the money to stay home, personally. But Yeah, I, and and if I'm CM Punk, why do I even want to come back? Well, I probably don't, but, you know, wrestlers are a weird group of people. You know, in dealing with them, like they're they're looking for that that shine they're looking for that moment and beyond belief sometimes they're going to do something cuz they think uh, they can work somebody you know yeah i just i just really think that it that there's so much that got left on the table yes and no the problem is if you if you have a match with omega and punk neither one is going to want to put the other one over well, that's going to be up to AEW to figure it out. But hey, I'll tell you, you know, you know, you can always say, "Hey, you know what? Here's here's another hundred thousand dollars. Would you mind? What are you going to do? You going to say no? Yeah. Well, you you know, you're, you're not. No, you're not. If you have any integrity with the money they're making, you'll say no. No, you. Come on, fish. I wouldn't say I no because that hundred thousand dollars to me is a lot. To them, it isn't. So yeah, I, I would I, I, quarter of a million. Let's say, do if if they go to CM Punk and say we want you to job to Kenny Omega for a million dollars, then, then well, Tony is Khan's he going to say no? Then, then Tony Khan's a bigger idiot than I thought he was. 
Well, yeah. I, I, but that, I think that answers your question because I, I, I think he might be. <laughs> you never know. You never know. But I, but I, I would say this is an interesting story to follow as time goes by. And boy, we're getting ready to head over to you know Revolution and Double or Nothing coming back in Vegas. Could you imagine if the place where Punk won the world title, he gets another? Big match with Kenny Omega here. Oh, that'd be I, a lot of fun. I, I don't think Punk's coming back. I think it's a and then he train. wins the, and then CM Punk wins the title, and then he gets hurt again, and then gets in a fight in the locker room. Oh, how fun would that be? <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. Well, hey, look, I don't, I don't write it. I just follow it. It's all I can do. But stick in all straits. Fiction is stranger than fact. I'll tell you. So you you. <laughs> You you never know. Like I don't put anything above and beyond what you know we think. It's like no, there's no way. Oh, there's no way, and there always ends up being a way. So you know, I think it's being around that business for so long that you can't believe. Because if you look at it realistically as a normal human being, you're like, oh, there's no way. But when you're looking at it because you're a wrestling fan and you've seen what's happened in wrestling, you say, you know what? There's a way that this might happen. Yeah, we've we've seen some crazier stuff go on. And, you know, Vince McMahon has forgiven, of course, in the past, forgave a lot of a lot of sins to make money. And I have a feeling that Tony Khan will probably do the same. So I, I just think except, that, Ma- it, except Macho Man, so he didn't forgive him for his deeds. So I think if Khan does this, though, it sets a horrible precedent in that locker room because then the inmates truly are running the asylum even more so than we believe. But well, we've already seen that happen before in situations, so why would it be different now? You know, he wants to be the man. He wants to be like, yeah, we can compete with WWE, and it would take something like this to maybe get them that media coverage that might make or make them get to a next level. You know, everybody always wants to get to that WWE level. Impact tried it with Hogan and Bischoff and Sting and all those guys. And how'd that work out? Well, it didn't, but you're also dealing with, you know, guys that are still in their somewhat primes of their career. They got a buzz. They got a real TV deal that Impact never had. Hogan was 55 years old. You got Moxley. You got you. You got the talent. You know. You need something crazy for the masses to get on AEW to be true competition for WWE. And if they did this, I think that is something Tony Khan feels would get them, you know, further on the map. Like if if I'm as a promoter and I'm Joe DeFalco and Future Stars of Wrestling has the chance to break out. I would try to do whatever it took to do that, and everything has to be on the table. Agreed. I I don't think you could leave that match on the table. If you can make it, you make it and and go with it. And and I do think that while CM Punk is certainly, from what we've heard, not popular in the locker room, look, all all that may take is walk back in the back and say, you know what, I screwed up, sorry. That's not punk, and, though. Punk will. That, that's not who punk he is. Nah, he doesn't need to. How many people used to talk crap about Brock Lesnar? Wasn't a good person. Didn't want to put people over. Oh, this guy comes in and gets all this money. You know what? 
Oh, well, don't like it? Too bad. You're getting your paycheck. Shut up. <laughs> that is a Catch very, me outside. How about that? That is a very, very good point by Joe DeFalco here on the Mark Hoke Show, to say the least. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. This, but like I said, this will be fascinating to follow this as time goes by. So we'll we'll see how much more mockery the the boys from the Elite are going to do to CM Punk as time rolls on here on AEW. All right, uh, we're going to head to our next break. I know, unfortunately, our good friend Fish has to roll out of here, so we will miss you. Yeah, I went the entire, you know, uh, 80 minutes without mentioning the fact that I'm going to take down Vandegrift. Well, good job. I appreciate that. All right, guys. You could have you you had a shot after his third match. You might have had a shot. I don't want easy pickings shooting fish wow. in a barrel. You are you are a dead man fish. I swear to God. All right, we're going to well, – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, you know, we could talk about who's next in line for Matt Vandergriff, uh, Mark's boy Danny Limelight, number one contender. There you go. That'll be a fun match, too. I'd love to see that. I think that we have a – what, season's beatings coming up? So, well, that actually would be a great match. Yeah, so we'll, Danny Limelight. we've got plenty of time. We'll we'll talk about that and a whole bunch of other stuff, too, because there's more in AEW, more Wild stuff in WWE to discuss. AEW, boo. No way. Stick around, everybody. We'll be right back. When it comes to having the right attorney in your corner, you want to have a proven winner on your side. And Russell Dutch Boyd of VegasCouncil.com knows how to win in Las Vegas. Boyd graduated at 18 years old from law school and is also a three-time World Series of Poker bracelet winner. And no matter what legal challenges you're facing, Boyd will help you through it all. As a litigation attorney, he covers multiple areas of law, including personal injury, business law and startup, cyber law, and crypto clients, and whatever else you might need to navigate the legal waters of Las Vegas and beyond. Just visit VegasCouncil.com to set up your free initial consultation today. That's VegasCouncil.com and let Dutch Boyd help you win today. Once again, that's Russell Boyd at VegasCouncil.com. One oh one five FM K Don. This is the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Here again, your host, Mark Hoke. All right, and we are back on the Mark Hoke Show on KDWN 101.5 FM 720 AM, the talk of Las Vegas. Best pro wrestling news and entertainment. Andrew Fishfeen has left the building, but fortunately, I am still left with the Lord and Overmaster of Future Stars of Wrestling, Mr. Joe DeFalco. So. Joe and I will be taking you home the rest of the way. Uh, A couple of housekeeping notes to take care of. And, Joe, I didn't get to tell you about this because I just finalized this late last night. But I know Fish and I are going to be able to do this, and I hope you can too. We're going to have a little meetup for our show fans. How about that? It's exciting. Oh, boy. People from Bangladesh are going to be flying in. I hope so. That would be awesome. We're going to be over at Unique Eats 
on after the show, we'll be uh, doing our thing at noon on uh, December 18th. We will be at Unique Eats. We're going to be hanging out there for a while. So we would love to meet you guys and come out and say hi, and we'll cook up a few fun things for you to do while we're there. So if you want to join us at Unique Eats, we would certainly appreciate it. Once again, that is going to be on December 18th. We will be there at noon, probably for a couple hours, because we want to eat the great food over Unique Eats. Dominic Tedesco, our favorite celebrity chef, doing his thing over on uh, 3100 South Durango Suite 100. Man, the food is incredible there. Omelets for breakfast and shrimp and grits and amazing lunch, pizzas, pastas, sandwiches, the whole ball of wax. Booze, you can get mimosas, whatever you need. They've got it, and they do catering as well, and Dominic's been doing catering in this town for 25 years. So check them out at Unique Eats. You can go to uniqueeatslv.com and check out the website or give them a call at 702 702- Nine nine two three zero three eight. And once again, we'll see you over at Unique Eats on December eighteenth. So that'll be a lot of fun. Like the day after your big show, Joe. So you'll be hungry. Well, I'll be hungry. Yeah, I'm what? always hungry. I'm always hungry. I'm thinking of what I'm going to eat now. <laughs> so, but by the way, what you? I know you have a show the day before that, I believe. So uh, you want to mention that real quick while we're on a roll. Yeah, this coming Saturday, Future Shock, which is one of the shows that we have featuring like the youngest guys. So we like to call it our future, future stars, where, you know, in the past, guys like Chris Bay and Solo Sokoa and Carrie and Cross, they all made their debuts on Future Shock. You know, that was, you know, their first stepping stone. And then uh, every Christmas, uh, we do a Christmas show and Seasons Beatings, as it's called. And we like to offer uh, a little uh, toy drive also. So what we do is, if you want to save up to 10 bucks on tickets, uh, and front row's 30 and GA's 20 bucks. But if you bring two unwrapped toys, you bring up to two, and you get $5 off your admission. So, you know, we've been doing that for 10, 12 years. If we have a Thanksgiving show in the past, we've done a food drive. So, you know, we like to give back to the community, and, you know, we're very thankful for what they've done, and uh, we've gotten a lot of toys for, you know, kids who need them for for Christmas. So we're hoping again that it's season's beatings, and that show's loaded. You know, not only, you know, we're not going to give you a a B-level show. The heavyweight champion Hammerstone's going to be there. Danny Limelight's going to be there. Matt Vandegrift's going to be there. Uh, Newton Nevada State champion Gregory Sharp, the tag champs, TBD. Uh, so, you know, Remy Marcel, like the the best of the best, Damian Drake, all, all our main guys, uh, you know, are going to be at the show. Women's champion, Viva Van, Maserati. You know, you're looking at people who have, you know, made their names outside of FSW, whether it's working AEWs, the Ring of Honors. Impacts, so you know, we're definitely excited. You know, moving forward over the next uh, couple of months, we do our big uh, New Year's Eve show, uh, which is special for our you know mainstay, our fans who 
have really supported us through the years, and they seem to really like us doing our New Year's show at 9.30, and usually the main event culminates right around midnight. So we ring in the New Year uh, with FSW. So, it's a, you know, uh, after the uh, big event last week against all odds, you know, kind of rejuvenate you. A lot of times you get frustrated, disappointed, disgusted with some of the younger guys, but you know, right now we we have a, an exciting thing as we build up to No Escape, which is January 29th, which is going to be uh, usually at least three steel cage matches. And when you talk about stories, it would make no sense to do three three cage matches if there's no story behind it. So we have exactly. two months to really make that story important of why you want to see it, because it could be overkill doing three or four steel cage matches if they're all the same. So. Yep, so check it out, fswvegas.com. Uh, now, I wanted to uh, hit a couple of, there's a whole lot of fun little stories here that have been happening this week. Uh, first, AEW, Thunder Rosa has officially relinquished that AEW Women's Champ- Championship. Jamie Hayter was declared the official champion, and they retroed Tony Storm's reign so that she is also the, uh, got to call herself the, AEW Women's World Champion. Uh, but the one thing I want to ask you about, Joe, is with the interim championship label that they've done a few times, is it time to bag that? I mean, is this something that works in wrestling, or is it? does it have its place? Well, I'll be honest with you. I think we were the first ones to incorporate doing the interim championship. Like, you never had seen it before. And a few years ago... Uh, we had an issue with with Karrion Cross, and he was unable to make a show. And we had Matt Hardy coming in, and we felt, hey, this is the perfect time to lead to a steel cage match. So we had Matt Hardy uh, wrestle Kenny King because we did a kidnapping angle where it turned out P.J. Black uh, kidnapped Karrion Cross. We never really finished off that storyline with PJ Black, but it's set up for the next month. And then we had Cross against Matt Hardy inside a steel cage with a ladder. And it was a ladder match inside the steel cage, and we actually had two belts up there. And I thought it was a brilliant idea, and it came across okay. It was nothing special. So I have no issues with it because UFC has done it for a very long time, and it's been successful. So why wouldn't it be successful in wrestling? But I do think at this point it's kind of worn out. It's welcome. You know, if your champion's not going to be around for a year, it's kind of pointless to be an interim champion. I think in specific examples it could work, but I think in AEW it kind of has gotten overdone because they did it a few times in a really short period of time, and I think that's what the mistake is. Yeah, and, you know, of course, the first time was with Cody Rhodes when he got COVID, and then he was back in two weeks, so it was kind of silly to do it then. Right, right, right. It's it's good for a build-up to a big match. If you, you know, now if you wanted, you know, Adam Page and and Omega to meet and we were able to do something and hold it off, maybe it adds a little bit more, you know, to the effects of the match a month later. But again, if, if, if you continually do it, then it becomes just pointless. Right. Um, also in AEW, the house of black is back. 
Um, Malachi Black has returned with his crew of bad guys, pretty much beat up everybody this week. And of course, the rumors were that you know he was maybe he and Buddy Matthews were trying to get their releases, but Black said that was not the case for him. He just needed some time off, and they're back. And I got to tell you, Joe, they look pretty good. Are you excited about seeing the House of Black returning? Well, uh, again, now it's three more spots to fill. Are they going to be able to do that? You know, they already have the trios matches with uh, uh, the Elite and, and the Death Triangle. And, yeah, you know, great. You know, let's let's see where they go. You know, they beat up some jobber team. And great news. But what does it lead to? And it's the same situation. We talk about WWE. Well, AEW where there's so many people, you know, we saw a brief, you know, the gates of agony with our own Toa and, and Brian cage, and they made a splash and now they kind of disappeared again. And there's, there's just so much disappearing, you know, Malachi black, I think, you know, is, is a main player, but you know, let's see what happens. It's kind of hard as a wrestling person I understand, and and we've seen it, and even at our level with the mental health issues. But it's hard to get behind something when there's always an issue that causes bookings to booking to be changed. So, you know, how much reliability do you have in them when not one but two of the three guys? have seemed to have been having issues over the last few months. Well, we will see how that turns out. But that would be a fun trios match for them, at least. I think you know you could see a, a pretty entertaining match with those guys as we move forward. Well, you were talking about returns and departures. We had a departure in WWE that sounds like it's going to be a lot worse than anyone had hoped. But Randy Orton, and if you did not hear this story, Orton – has apparently had to have fusion surgery in his lower back. Uh, he had gone out with some back issues after he and Matt Riddle, RK Bro, lost the tag team championships. But apparently they are thinking Randy's going to be out for a very, very long time. Uh, apparently this is the same surgery that Shawn Michaels had when he wrecked his back a while uh, about it was about 20 years ago. So Randy Orton could be out for a very long time here, but I think the issue is more Joe. He's you know in his forties. Should Randy Orton come back? Randy Orton loves wrestling. You know he wants to come back if if he's able to. Uh, look how many years Edge had to take off. He just loved wrestling and and wanted to come back. You know he was advised not to. And then he got cleared, and, and he's back. It, it all depends. You know, Randy Orton has made a lot of money in this business. But the thing about Randy Orton is it seems like he had a rejuvenation, you know, teaming with Matt Riddle over, you know, the last, you know, months before he got hurt again. So, you know, again, when you've been doing it 15, 20 years, you know, the passion goes and comes. And, you know, he was on a high note. So, you know, does does he want to have one last run? That's a, that's another thing. A lot of these guys, like maybe he says, you know what, you know, I want one more run as the champ. I want to do this, and then, you know, sometimes that six month run becomes a four year run. So 
you, you, you know, you never know. If Randy Orton wants to come back and he feels that he's going to be healthy enough, then he'll come back. If if he's not, you know, WWE does not have a problem with, with keeping you on the bench. You know, how long did Daniel Bryan have to sit? Which makes you wonder that he was going to leave and then all of a sudden he got cleared. So, you know, you, you probably always find a doctor that's going to clear somebody. You know, just ask Paige. She went to AEW and their doctors had no problem clearing her. Well, one thing that I'd be interested to see is I, I remember reading a story. I think we mentioned it on on the show a while back that Randy Orton had said he wished he hadn't been doing a move, a finishing move, where he had to jump in the air. And I almost wonder if if Randy does come back. I mean, you know, this is obviously a very serious surgery. Is the RKO maybe getting taken out of the repertoire to protect him? I mean, because that. That's dan- that could be dangerous with a something like this. You know, I've never heard that being, you know, you want to do a 450, you want to jump off the top rope and, and stuff. Uh, I've never heard of uh, the diamond cutter, the stunner, the RKO is, oh, you're going to take years off your career by doing this move. So you saying that kind of surprises me because, in in all honesty, uh, he usually would do it at most the one time a match. I would think there was far more things that he could be doing in a match where he can injure himself than actually finishing somebody off with the RKO and, and that causing, you know, neck injury, back injury. So, yeah, that is kind of surprising to me, actually. Yeah, it, you know, I and I kind of think back to Hulk Hogan. Who now? I don't think Randy. Well, well, Randy was. Yeah, they were still doing a lot of uh, live shows and stuff. But I remember Hulk Hogan, you know, with doing the leg drop, caused him eventually that that hip to deteriorate. And you know, you wouldn't think that doing a leg drop would would do that, but when you do it thousands and thousands of times, that's not something that your body really wants you to do. So I don't know. It would be, it would be interesting to see if Randy kind of changed it up a little bit when he. When he comes back, if he does, so we'll... boy, the the Garvin Stomp is his new finisher. <laughs> I think Randy can come up with something a little bit better than that. All right, let's take our last break, and when we come back, speaking of comebacks, there's one that's happening today that I think is going to intrigue some people, and I can't wait to get Joe's thoughts on that. And we're going to talk a little bit about the tales from the territories. If you didn't see that show that's been going on on Vice, pretty interesting stuff from the days of the territories. Get Joe's thoughts on his favorite territory. So stick around, everybody. We'll be right back on the Mark Oak Show on KDWN 101.5 FM, 720 AM, the talk of Las Vegas. Hi, this is Mark Hope. Has out-of-control inflation, gas prices, and grocery costs wrecked your wallet? Then check into automated day trading with Trading Made Easy. Trading Made Easy has spent five years helping people put cash in their pockets with their simple-to-use day trading software. So if you're ready to leave that 9-to-5 job behind, visit TradingMadEasy.com or call 800-971-4160 to sign up for a free live training seminar right now. That's TradingMadEasy.com. 
Tired of the same boring food when you're out for breakfast or lunch? I'm Mark Hoke, and I have an idea for a different place to go with unique food you're sure to enjoy, and that's Unique Eats. Take some time out of your busy day and stop on in to Unique Eats, featuring celebrity chef Dominic Tedesco and his friendly staff. Whether it's a great start to your day with one of Unique Eats' amazing omelets or lunch with his incredible sandwiches, pasta, and award-winning pizzas, you'll be in for a fantastic dining experience that won't break the bank. Unique Eats also features a smoothie bar and full vegetarian menu as well. Plus, if you need catering, you can count on Unique Eats no matter what the occasion. So what are you waiting for? Get on over to Unique Eats at 3100 South Durango, Suite 100, open daily until 3 p.m. Call them at 702-992-3038 or visit UniqueEatsLV.com for their full menu and catering info. Break out of the same old routine and have a great meal at Unique Eats today. 1015 FM KDON. You're listening to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Vegas, The Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Now, here again is Mark Hoke. All right, and we are returning on The Mark Hoke Show here on KDWN. 1015 FM, 720 AM, the talk of Las Vegas, best in pro wrestling news and entertainment all for you on the Sunday morning. And of course, if you miss the show at some point, I mean, shame on you because you should be up every morning listening to us, but just in case go to markhokeshow.podbean.com and download those podcasts. 99 countries have downloaded us. We certainly do appreciate it. And we would love to have you join the family, of course. So it's markhokeshow.podbean.com or all your favorite podcast outlets. And, of course, don't forget that Odyssey app, too. That's kind of nice. So check that out as well. All right. Uh, Joe, I don't know if you heard about this comeback, but this is actually happening today. Are you excited Uh, to hear it? Well, Bagwell's back. Ricky Steamboat is in the ring today. He is, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I saw that with FTR. He is teaming with FTR, taking on Jay Lethal, Brock Anderson, and there is a mystery partner. This is a big-time wrestling event. Joe, are you excited to see the near 70-year-old Ricky the Dragon Steamboat getting back in the ring for the first time since teaming with his son Richie on an FCW show in June of 2010. Well, I'm just shocked that they haven't announced Ric Flair and keeping it as a surprise as the mystery third partner. You know, the thought crossed my mind that that mystery partner could be Rick. Could you imagine if he showed up at this thing? Good Lord. I could. I know he's probably done stuff plenty of times for big-time wrestling. What surprises me is... Everybody had put Ricky Steamboat in in the match with Ric Flair, and he said, you know, how honored he was and all these great things, but he wanted his legacy to remain what it was. And, you know, the last time we saw him on a major thing was the WrestleMania uh, handicap match against Jericho with, I think, Piper and somebody else. But Steamboat did so well that I remember he had a match on Raw or in the next pay-per-view or whatever it was. And, you know, he proved that he could still go. Uh, in a six-man tag, it seems. What's funny is it's like, hey, 
that shows how good Jay Lethal is, that he's always the guy yeah, that they amazing. want to put in these situations. You know, he trained Flair, he got in the match with Flair, and now he's in the match with Steamboat. And, you know, I, I also understand the AEW connection with with FTR there and, and Lethal. And just dealing with them, I know those guys aren't allowed to lose, you know, you know, spoiler alert, I had Toa Leona actually winning the uh, the Rumble match at our show. But because of politics, I could not have a pinfall or submission from either guy because Hammerstone was the MLW champion and Toa represented AEW. So it's interesting to see. You know, when all these guys are taking the independent bookings. So I guess they're allowed to lose if they're in a match with a fellow AEWer, you know, and, uh, you know, or or it's easy enough. You have uh, Arn Anderson's kid take the pin and then you're fine. Yeah. Well, I I find this fascinating that, you know, of course, you mentioned that, that Ricky had said, you know, I don't want to do this. I don't want to tarnish my legacy. But now he's he's going to be back in the ring tonight. And this isn't certainly isn't the first time that we've seen guys in their 60s get back in the ring but is this going to be a trend you, i mean you know i mean joe is this something that you would you would do if you had the opportunity well as a promoter uh you know uh, sin knows steamboat well and he's had him for seminars and things like that uh and for me oh sure if Ricky the Dragon Steamboat wanted to wrestle and he wanted to wrestle for FSW, I would definitely, you know, try to make it work. You know, this is a legend. It's like, you know, you're paying big money for guys like Hacksaw Jim Duggan to just show up and sign autographs. You know, if you're announcing Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, you're going to get a lot of these old-time fans, and it's good for business. You know, you have a meet-and-greet, uh, you do a seminar, so you can offset his costs as a promoter to where, you know, because let me tell you something, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's not coming out of retirement to wrestle for 1500 bucks. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, if, you know, that's a big, big-time show, big-time wrestling. They bring in lots of legends. You see the posters all the time on Facebook, and it's, hey, they got Kevin Nash, and they got Duggan, and then, you know, they got Matt Hardy. I saw on WrestleCade, they got Matt Hardy versus Jeff Jarrett. You know, so these guys are going to pay a steamboat probably close to ten grand at least to show up. Now, in some situations, guys are hard up for money, and in some cases – it's they want want to do things, you know. You've heard it. Hey Goldberg, I want to come back because I want to have my son watch me wrestle. You know, everybody has different reasons, but the bottom line is is money. You know, I, I'll have, Goldberg can work my show. You know, if he wants his kid to wrestle, but he's going to want an exorbitant amount of money. So it isn't really about the kid watching him wrestle. It's a combination of things. So with Steamboat, it seems like there's a lot of respect for FTR, like Bret Hart's done some stuff with them, and, you know, he's managed them in situations. And, you know, I think if Bret felt he was able to go, he'd be a guy you'd see. But I think because of the stroke and the thing that happened with him, uh, that's impossible. And you know what? I think Ricky Steamboat probably was, run, you know, running some stuff in training because it was – 
the thought of him doing something with flair. And then he said, you know what? I think I still got something left in the tank. I'll be in a six man. All I got to do is not take very many bumps. And I think he will look way better than Ric Flair does did when he did it. Yeah, I might agree with you. So, well, we wish, wish Ricky all the best tonight. Hope things go well for you in your return to the ring at big time wrestling. Uh, you know, and then going back to the old days, I wanted to kind of wrap the show up with this today was the Tales from the Territory shows on Vice that have been coming up. Uh, you know, some some pretty interesting stories and shows that have been being presented by them. You know, we've seen shows with them talking about Florida Championship Wrestling, Memphis, Stampede. Um, the Crockett one is coming out on Tuesday, I believe. Uh, so some interesting tales from the road, and I think the episodes got better as they went. Uh let me ask you this, Joe, and because this was on my mind when I watched, uh, just watched a couple yesterday. The what do you think is the most influential territory outside of Crockett? Because Crockett was the the big one and kind of absorbed everybody. Besides the WWF, what what territory do you think was the one that really stood out to you? You know, was it world class? Was it Florida? Was it Memphis, Georgia? Now, what are your thoughts on the territory days, and you know what do you think about uh, what was what was the big one? Well, I, you know, I was a big fan of World Class Championship Wrestling because it was on ESPN, and, and I hated the Von Erich, so you know, there was a lot of the heels there that I that I liked. Uh, the thing is, I wouldn't classify World Class with the territories because to me, they were at the time they were they became a major major company you know they they were on at least on par with the awa who i didn't feel anything special was the nwa and wwf and as a territory growing up especially in new york you didn't really hear much about memphis you didn't hear much about uh bill watts with the the mid-south which you know brought you the dibiases and the duggins and the jake the snake so I would say that was probably extremely influential, but for somebody on the East Coast, we heard so much about Florida Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was Dusty Rhodes and Kevin Sullivan, and, you know, they even had uh, the announcer, the Gordon Soley. I forgot. Gordon Soley. And I remember watching it like with the rabbit ears on the UHF trying to get it, and Larry Zabisco and Wyndham, and some of the, you know, they had. You want to talk about a roster. That roster is filled with, you know, how many Hall of Famers and legends. Yep. So to me, it would it would have to have been Florida Championship Wrestling. But it came a little earlier than that whole grouping. When you had Memphis, it was almost like, you know, that was like a feeder ground to, to world-class championship yep. wrestling. Okay, Joe. And, yeah, we got to wrap it up. I'm sorry. But I agree with you. I think Florida was probably the most influential in terms of talent and uh, leading into sports entertainment. Hey, great show today, guys. I want to thank Andrew Fishfane for being here. Joe DeFalco, of course, from Future Stars Wrestling. Check him out at fswvegas.com. And, of course, follow the show on Facebook at The Mark Hoke Show, Twitter at Mark Hoke Show, and, of course, our podcast at markhokeshow.podbean.com. And check out our website, markhokeshow.com. Guys, thanks for being with us here on another Sunday here in Las Vegas. We will see you next week on The Mark Hoke Show. Have a great afternoon.
Want more of The Mark Hoke Show? Follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show. Like us on Facebook at The Mark Hoke Show. And visit MarkHokeShow.com to keep up with everything happening with the show. And remember to check out all of our archive shows on YouTube at The Mark Hoke Show and download our podcasts at MarkHokeShow.Podbean.com and all your favorite podcast outlets. So join The Mark Hoke Show family today and thanks for listening.